Yeah, she has a tarp that she can like stretch as sort of like a sloping roof for if it does rain, it won't rain on her. Uh, so she sets up the uh, the tarp. She sets up the little um, camp stove um, and things so that she can cook the uh, meat that she got off the rock horn. She has um, a canteen that after she sets up the meat to start to like, mm, no, she does this before she sets up the meat. She refills her canteen with the small at the small spring nearby um, and splashes her face. And then she goes over to uh, start that process. She doesn't have any uh, spices or anything like that. She does have a little bit of cooking oil, which is good, but nothing to flavor it. You wanna you wanna do do a survival check for spices? Seems silly, but I mean, I absolutely could grab some like herbs and greenery. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's like some wild mushrooms. onions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you would need to even roll for that. You've spent time here. Um, I think your your time with your master was not spent just sitting idly in a village you spent time out in the wilderness and have that rank in survival for a reason (laughs) yeah as you cook your food and sit back and and wait in this dimly lit forest connie and her master walk through a forest as her master points out what is edible what is not and the two of you talk about this planet and the force i think i think his his lesson for the day is only taking what you need to take and he um, crouches to pick some um, broad leafed plants that he says are are good to eat if you um if you put them in a pan with a little bit of oil and we will take enough for you and me and leave enough for the animals and the people who live here and so that these plants may grow and flourish and make more plants. Smart. Because if we take too much, then not only does it go to waste, but it would keep the plant from surviving. Being able to continue, it, go, it would go extinct. If everybody took too much, yes, that would, that would likely happen. Mm. Luckily, the people of this planet are stewards of nature. They take what they must and leave what they must and they survive they're clearly knowledgeable about the greater galaxy why isn't there more technology here that is an interesting question and perhaps one for you to ask hakto the people here don't they don't dislike technology they like advancement they enjoy the items that we bring them from off-world. They enjoy the, the comforts that those can provide, but they have a way of life that they have lived for uh, eons. And I personally don't think it is our job to force them to change. The Dresselians are familiar with change, but different change than what we see as progress. They see the changing of the seasons, the migrations of the animals, the cycles of day and night, the moons in the sky, the stars above, a different sort of change. Oh, yes, but doesn't doesn't this leave them vulnerable? 
I can't imagine that no other of the factions in this galaxy, the Huts, the Pikes, the <laughs> the Republic, have not had an interest in this planet in whether it's using it as a base or the any resources it might have. Like, I'm not saying that they're wrong or that they're backwards. I, not at all. I admire what I've seen. But if a group of pirates were dis to descend on the village tomorrow, well, we're not here, obviously. We could take on a group of pirates. Don't relish in violence, Connie. Yep. It's just a fact. It is a fact. How would they be able to counter such a threat? You haven't been here for long, but you will see that the spirit of these people is strong. The Dresselians have a, a true fighting spirit. If somebody were to come along, they would surely underestimate these people to their extreme detriment. Luckily for them, this is a backwater. <laughs> if somebody wants resources, I'm sure they will find some closer to home. It did take a long time to get here. Like, a long time. Yes, I, you, I, you've stated this a couple times. Well, you didn't even bring any good... Reading material on the trip, you just had me... I got shot so many times by that little training droid, Master, and there was nothing else to do. Well, it was either the training or Dejeric, and you don't like Dejeric, so training mm. it is. Kind of just sort of like rolls her eyes. <laughs> Practice makes perfect. My Master taught me that, and I hope you learn that as well, because we're going to do some more training. Oh, fun. And he hands you a uh, scarf that you know is going to cover your eyes. Uh, so she ties it around her head. <laughs> After a few moments of just like quiet readiness, you've been here a couple of times. I have. What brought you here in the first place and why do you keep coming back? This place has a connection to some of the lessons I learned when I was your age. My master brought me here when I was a Padawan. And I learned many of the same things that you are learning while you're here. Learned about the people, learned about their culture, learned to survive, to exist outside of the confines of the Jedi Temple. This place holds powerful memories for me. And my master told me that someday I would bring my Padawan here and train them in the ways that he trained me and that this planet held answers. So what? I don't know the questions. And that was, I suppose, part of it. You're still trying to find out the questions? I'm, I am still trying to find out the question, Connie. How are you supposed to know the answer if you don't know the question? That criff as a little zap hits her in the arm. <laughs> oh no, he he does not answer, and there is no remote, and it, it is just quiet. You can hear the insects, and you can hear the the running water. The temptation to lift the blindfold is strong, master. There's no answer. Connie reaches out with her feelings to try and sense what she cannot hear you can feel the 
birds and insects. You can feel the flow of the wind on your skin. You can hear the water moving over rocks, and you can feel the small fish flowing with it. You can feel the earth and the grass and the worms. And at the edge of your feeling, you can feel your master walking away. I want to throw something at him. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I throw something. I don't want to throw a rock because I don't want to hurt him. Pine cone. Pine cone. Perfect. I throw a pine cone at him. Roll a move check. So what, just a dice? Just a force die? Yeah, I think it's going to be ranged, though. You got to roll a force die with ranged, and it's going to be hard. He's far away. <laughs> he walked away like five minutes ago. So what, like ranged light with the force die? Yep. Okay, and three Long purple range. die. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip a, a point. So it's a red and two purples. Fine, I'll flip a point back. Nice. Okay, one failure, one advantage, and one light side point. So I can spend that light side point for a success. Yeah, but it'll still be a failure. It'll be a wash. Yeah. You can make it into two advantages if you'd like. Sure. You lob a pine cone using the force at your master, and you can sense in the force that he turns around and catches it. <laughs> well, it at least made it all the way to him. And it he did. knows that I, you know, passed his dumb test and I can sense where he is. <laughs> Are you coming or what? Are you coming or what? Am I coming with the blindfold on? That is a, a question that you have to find the answer for start walking my way over to him with the blindfold on you've got two advantages what do you want to do with them i don't trip or stumble <laughs> okay just kind of grumping grumpily showing him that i can do the stupid thing <laughs> you, you you can take that off now no no i don't think i will obstinate as always connie we will work on that <laughs> and there's a screen line. The forest is dark. The stars rise. You can see them through the canopy of trees clearer than you ever can on Coruscant. Naturally. The smell of the dinner that you cooked yourself still lingers in the air. And Connie settles back in her makeshift, makeshift camp. I would like a vigilance check from Connie. Of course. It's two reds and two purples. That dang cat again. Boost eye because I know I'm being hunted. It's the same check. Set back before. darkness. Like, uh, I think I get to remove that. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, so let's roll that die. It's a lot of, it's a lot of failure tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of failure tonight. And a despair too. Yeah, I don't want to get despair there. I don't want to get it attacked by a cat. Well, that's your toy to play with. You hear it once again before you see it closer than you would like. That low growl as you look up, you see the light, the, the little bit of light shining from the, the moon above reflected on the backs of this cat's eyes. It is close, but not upon you. You can see it slowly making its way around your camp as you get eyes on it you can see its dark shape blotting out the lighter 
trees and rocks behind it as it moves. What is what is Connie's uh, reaction to seeing that this cat is back? Well, I don't have a rock horn leg to give you this time. Hand on lightsaber because it's never far away. You didn't have extra meat. These these animals were large. I mean, I do, but I kind of need that one. That do I need it more than my life? <laughs> I feel like whatever like morsel that I would be able to like pull from my stores is not going to be enough. As you keep your eyes on this cat, it makes its way around your camp and moves behind a tree and you lose sight of it. I don't like that. Lightsaber is ignited now. It's illuminating the area around from dim light to slightly less dim light. Uh, as I stand, I just what sort color of... is Connie's lightsaber? Connie's lightsaber is a green verging into yellow. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The green glow of your lightsaber washes the space around you with this green-white light. This dark shadows cast behind trees and rocks. And you hear a clatter of stones behind you. And turning, the cat's face is a foot from yours. <laughs> it opens its mouth, its fangs long and sharp, and it roars at you. I think I'd like a fear check. Is that discipline? That is discipline. I will flip a point to upgrade my discipline. So one yellow, one green. Against um, one red and one purple with a flip. Cool. I am still interacting with an animal or beast, so I do get a boost die. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's one success and one advantage. I snarl back. <laughs> and the lightsaber is in between me and the cat. You can see that green glow reflected on the back of its eyes, almost giving it a supernatural look. And as you don't flinch from its roar, it backs off. And you hear the clattering of rocks as it moves off down this uh, outcropping that your tent is near. And then it's silent. Don't trust that. Connie probably doesn't sleep that night. Nope. I've got a dangerous predator. A little too interested in me. And there's a screen light. The weather's getting warmer and the nights are getting shorter on Coruscant. The summer rains have been moving in and as we fly over Famba Avenue, we see a mechanized thing hulking tall with a wide horn on the top of it. The person inside shouts, You can't do this to me! I built this city! And the arms of this mech begin to wind up, brings them back. He's going to punch it down at the ground, ruining this this street, ruining the city, causing havoc. All right. And is Park uh, engaged? Well, yeah. What do we do? We see like the shadow of Park go just go over over the yeah. scene. Yeah, you see the shadow of Park sailing through the sky just above. And I think with his, uh, and most of this flying happens because Park has a, has a 
handy tool called a whipcord thrower. And also, Park's force sensitive, so some of the more ludicrous maneuvers I think are aided by the force. And I think the shadow flies over this thing and he retracts the whipcord thrower and it's gonna do like a flip over high above this this mech like guy and try and uh maybe land on its shoulders as the heavy hands come down and a uh you hear the the whirring of motors inside you can see that there's it's it's like a, a massive repulsor fist and it comes down on the ground and as as it does the uh, motors inside engage, you hear the whir, and you hear the second hit as the internal mechanisms hit and creates this huge crater that spreads out from under the feet of the mudhorn. Okay, and is he gonna land on his, this guy's, on top of this guy? Sure. Do you have to do a check? An athletics no. check? No. Coordination? Okay. And he lands uh, and says, easy there, big fella. Don't you think Coruscant has enough potholes? The you you see the the person inside this uh, inside this mech suit. They are a Tung. You can see his uh, yellowish skin, his big necklace, diamond-shaped head, and his gangly limbs inside. And uh, as he quickly turns its his head towards you, the three little antennae on the on the top whip and follow and i uh, surprised to see you he's hey get off i'm busy here and he starts to whip the that arm the, the shoulder that you're on off to um try and get you off now i would like a coordination check if you want to okay. stay on and what is my difficulty uh right now it's average this thing is large and slow okay any setbacks? No. One failure and two advantages. As he whips the uh, the mud horn to the right, Park goes flying off of it, and that arm then goes banging into a streetlight, and the thing bends. What do you want for your advantages? I think Park is very graceful, and as he flies off of this thing, he lands softly on the ground and maybe it's like what do you what are you thinking do you want it do you want the street lamp to like bend around the arm and get stuck i kind of thought for one or two advantages maybe like when park landed parks kind of got tech knowledge and maybe his plan of attack was to just like unplug a couple of like key circuits on this on this mechy thing so can maybe like one of the he unplugs something and one of the arms is kind of like drooped down like not connecting fully i think yeah as you um are flung off you grab a couple wires and unplug them and you see the hand on it as it swings and hits that lamp post the the fingers are like twitching out of control it turns in the street in your direction and you see the the steam bellow out of uh, out of the front of it out of, almost like out of two nostrils below the big horn on top okay and you see that it is preparing to charge at you mm-hmm. get you out of the way so it can wreck more stuff okay and park is going to 
try and dodge out of its way. And I have a thing. I have the skill dodge. I can... I don't know if it's really going to be like that good or cool, but I might as well do it. Um, well, here's what's going to happen is it's mm -hmm. going to charge you. Mm -hmm. And what does your dodge do? Dodge? Let's see. It's a dodge incidental to suffer a number of strain, no mm -hmm. greater than the ranks of dodge, and then upgrade the difficulty of the check by that number. Okay. So you want to take one strain? Sure. And upgrade the difficulty of... Yep. Uh, the Mudhorns check. It's a much easier way to phrase what I just read. Okay. Any reason the Mudhorn might have any um, setbacks? Setbacks. Well, it's not going to be able to use that hand uh, if that was going to be part of the charge, which I guess it's not. I can't think of any reasons. Okay. Well, it hits you. Wow. It, it charges at you, horn first, and you are hit by the by the heavy weight of this machine as it uh, pummels you down the center of this road and I think Park goes head over heels. You're gonna take seven damage minus your soak. It's a lot of damage. You I like it. Soak I do have some way too much soak, yeah. Oh yeah, no, it, it reduces by one every hit you take. Right. So right now I have six soak, but next hit I would have five. Yeah. So I'm only gonna take one wound, but this is my reflect bodysuit. Yeah. So as you do that, I think it hits you and, oh, you tell me, because it got a threat. As this raging rhino comes at you, how how do you possibly reflect uh, six damage away? Yeah. I think it's one of those things where, I think it's ridiculous, but Park is he's smart, he's techie, he's a little guy, he's also very strong. You know, he's he's a brawler. He's a melee guy. He can fight. And so I think that this horn, this this mud horn mech hits him. And like there's an, some initial pain when the force of this guy hits. But Park like basically approaches it like a like a linebacker in football and just takes the brunt of it and is like pushed back like across the the Duracrete street. But I think like after a few seconds, both of them come to a halt. So he's kind of like taken all of this force and uh, reflected it back at this mech. Mm -hmm. And as the two of you come to a stop, Park just reaches in and he grabs some wires and pulls them out. That's your that's your threat. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, some more. Uh, <laughs> something powers down on this guy or starts like malfunctioning a little bit. Hey, no, stop it. I'm in the middle of something here, and you're messing it up. Have you been properly instructed? Uh, have you read the, the user manual for this? Uh, <laughs> I wrote the user manual for this. So is Park going to get to make a move now? Uh -huh. An attack? And do whatever you're, whatever it is you're going to do. I want to um, leap over this guy, and I want to use my whipcord thrower to... I'd like to, like, tie the two hands that I've kind of powered down together so that they're, like, tied behind its back. That seems right. very, like, seems, uh, that would be a very difficult thing to do, but Park is has very experienced with the whipcord thrower. So we need your whipcord roll. Okay. And you're going to need uh, two advantages to ensnare. Uh, it's average. Two purples. 
Can I get a boost because the things I'm trying to ensnare are uh, their defenses are lowered because they're malfunctioning? You get one boost. I get one boost. Any setbacks for me? No, not yet. Okay. We'll see how this goes. All right, I got two successes and one advantage, so that's not enough for me to ensnare. No. But can I do some damage with my two successes? Yeah, what do you want to do? He tries to... He tries to do what I tried to do. Tries to tie some stuff up. And... Does he, like... How does he get back there? How does he get he's back there? He's not just going to run around the back. No, Is he going to, no. like, climb over the top? Yeah, he's going to, like... So he pushes the shoulders of this thing down towards the ground and does a flip over it. Maybe as it comes down, the... As he pushes down the horned head smashes into the duracrete and does some damage to to this mudhorn man so now he's kind of sailing through the air and he's kind of behind i think his advantage is that it's going to take a maneuver for the mudhorn to be able to like engage again is he sailing through the air or is he like actually on the back of it and now the mudhorn's got to go okay fair enough okay yeah it's very difficult. Yeah, so he's on he's on the, the back of this mech and the, the mud horns the uh the tomb inside is like reaching around the back trying to grab Park off of off of it. Um and I think it he he unable to do that, he just begins to try and spin just to shake Park off, and I'd like a coordination check. Okay. And what is average? Average but before we do that, we should roll some uh, force dice to get our our destiny pool. Okay. I got a dark side. I got a light, light side. side. And I'm going to flip my dark side to make it a red and a purple. Okay. I got a failure with an advantage. So it spins and spins and spins and Park just flies way off. <laughs> um, my advantage. Ugh. Does, is, does he get dizzy from all the spinning? <laughs> does does the tune is the tune now <laughs> dizzy? Yeah, we switch to the view of the interior, and as as it stops spinning, the tune keeps spinning in in place. It's making me dizzy. <laughs> Great. So now that it's dizzy, Park gets up from being tossed and is gonna make a another attack. What am I gonna attack with? Should I do a should I do a hard intense brawl? Hmm. You wanna do computers? Maybe Mechanics? I should do computers. Let's see. Yeah, I wanna use I'm gonna use computers. And I want to try and get to like the core of this thing as it's wobbling dizzily. Is dizzily a word? It um, is now. While it's wobbling dizzily. And try and really shut this thing down from from the core. It's gonna be a hard check. Okay, and I'll, I'm gonna flip to add a green. What's your two skill? yellow? Yeah, you add a green. And it's hard. One, two, three. Are you gonna flip on me? Uh no. Do I get a do I get a boost for dizzy for dizzily? Yeah, you got an advantage on that previous one, so you get a you get a dizzy boost. How did I get two one failure and two threats? That is actually like. Yeah, that's not lucky. Really bad luck for the hand I had. Okay. The mud horn recovers. The tune inside puts uh, two hands on the, either side of its head and stops himself from spinning. 
<laughs> and uh, moves those hands to the controls. A, cup, a pair of joysticks in the inside slams on a couple buttons. You see the the steam come out from the nostril area again, and it rears up, turns towards you, and is going to charge one more time. Okay. Do you want to dodge? Uh, let's see. Probably gotta dodge. Yep, gotta dodge. So I'm gonna take a strain. One success. You got one success and one despair. You got a despair. I got a despair. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Um, well, your dodge caused the despair, so you get to tell me what happens. But the mudhorn comes charging at Park, and it it hits Park for uh, seven damage. Minus your five soak. So I'm going to take two damage. And what happens? What happens to uh, end this fight? Um, so he, Park failed his computers check. I think computers was the maybe the wrong approach. Computers was him like, hmm, uh, what is... Uh, all these buttons are unlabeled. How do you even steer this thing? And... I built it. I know how to steer it. <laughs> and on that, it... it starts charging uh but they're like engaged so it's slowly pushing park while he's trying to do a computer's check that he realizes he cannot do but what i think he can do is unfasten a couple um key key, key harnesses and belts keeping this little tune in there <laughs> and uh i think this thing starts building up more momentum as he does this and it hits a hits a guardrail on the side of the street. Of course, yes. And it catches Park a little bit in the hit. But wow. as it as it hits the guardrail, the tune just flies out of the out of the cockpit, uh, going head over heels, flipping over and over, and into the uh, through a, a glass window of a nearby shop. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that the that this machine, I think it keeps charging a little ways after the tune flies out and comes to like a a, a grinding halt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Steam billows from the nostrils of of the mud horn as it powers down, and you can hear sirens in the distance. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess the what's the would sirens be the pol- like the clones or like the police? The police, like, dissolve once the clones, like... No, there's still Coruscant police. But in this sector of Coruscant, it's mostly clones. Uh, I think the clones can take it from here. Don't get yourself in any more trouble, buddy. Uh, stay away from big machines that could hurt you and and the friendly citizens of Coruscant. And do he, you, do you he, wrap them up? Yeah, wrap, <laughs> wrap them up. Turns to leave and is almost like, wait a second. And just turns and... <laughs> and then you whip cord thrower away as the clones arrive they uh inspect the damage there are um a few with with data pads looking over the the ruined areas of the street the street lights the buildings and they take this tung into custody and as they load him into one of their cruisers a person in black and gray surveys the scene they have a helmet shining black they open up the front of it look around 
sniff the air, turn, and head back into the cruiser. End of the screen Thank you for listening to this episode of Coruscant Nights. Connie was played by Erica Goodwich. For more from Erica, visit goodwitchstudios.com. Park was played by Doug. For more from Doug, visit voidboy.art. Thank you to AJ for donating for Destiny for this episode. If you like Coruscant Nights and want to support all of Nightcast Creative shows, please visit us at patreon.com slash Nights. Coruscant Nights is produced by Nightcast Creative. For more about us and the things that we do, visit nightcastcreative.com. <laughs>